Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. In Hebrews 10, 25, it says to not forsake the gathering together. Don't forsake gathering together. Why? To exhort one another. And it says, especially, especially don't forsake it because the end is coming near. Now, of course, this was written a long time ago, and things were difficult then, and things are difficult now, and there's been difficult things in between. But I want to live my life. I want us to live our lives like we're going to meet Jesus tomorrow, you know? And, and I believe that's what this scripture speaks to me. And, and it's saying that, like, look, you don't know, right? Life is a vapor. You don't know what tomorrow holds, all these different things. And I want to live in a way that is pleasing to God every single day. And the Bible exhorts us, it, it tells us we need to stay together as his people. And we've heard multiple times in different things today in the service already about what it means to have family and community and being together. And I just want to share from some scriptures just what I feel God is speaking right now in this time that we're in. There's so much division, there's so much strife, there's so many different ways of thought and and all these different things. But we are supposed to help each other, to exhort each other, to lift each other up, not tear each other down, and to be a family. We need each other. Like, we need to be a family. I need you. You need me. We're all happy family. We need each other. Now, see, the thing is, is that, like, I, I can't actually be that person for everybody. And so this is what, you know, and I've said before that, that my passion and I feel like God's speaking to me just to help to build and strengthen and encourage to help people to know who they are, who we are as people. So that each and every one of us understands that, that we all have just as big of a calling and just as big of, of a plan that God has for every single one of us. So when I say these things, I'm not talking to just that leader or just that person, you know, that you look at and you say, oh man, they're the one, you know, they're the one that's supposed to be, you know, speaking or leading a life group or, you know, doing all these things. No, it's all of us, every single one of us. And we need each other to accomplish what God has called us to. We need community and not just the Facebook community. You know, not just saying happy birthday to your friends on Facebook or the ones, the happy birthday to the people that you don't really know, but they're your, you know, 5,000 of your closest friends on Facebook. We, we need each other. And that's a, another thing that I think about is that so much that we have gotten away from 
personal connections because it's just easy to connect with people in other ways. It's easy to just, you know, like say hi or everybody knows me because I posted what I ate, you know? (laughs) They know what I ate yesterday. But that is not what the Bible is asking us to do. The Bible is asking us to actually know each other, to actually build together, to, to be a community. And when we have small groups, these life groups that we have, it's, it's not just like for fun. It's not just like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool. No, we believe that this is a part of what God has called us to do, that, that we need to meet together to, to not neglect the gathering together. Yeah. Right? And you say, oh, yeah, we're gathered together. This isn't what I'm talking about. Sunday morning is not what I'm talking about. You know, whenever these words were being written, and in Acts, the church is spreading, it's all this stuff is happening, all this stuff. You know, it was small groups, if you will. It was groups of people in houses. They weren't in big, huge auditoriums or stadiums. They weren't gathered in thousands. When he's saying not to neglect the meeting together, it's not like, hey, don't forget to go to church on Sunday, but don't forget, okay? He, he's not saying, hey, don't forget to go to that conference. Don't forget to do all these things. No, what he's saying is don't forget to be a part of a smaller community of people that can actually know who you are, that actually they can lift you up and know when you're not doing so well. So they could be there to encourage you and to pray for you and to lift you up. <laughs> How do we make it through all these things that we're going to have to walk through? We make it through together. We make it through by being together. Hebrews 3.12 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Exhort one another daily Be a part of that person's life that, that you can call them and, and, and lift them up, that you meet together, that you know each other. Do you have that group? You know, when Dawn was speaking this morning, she was talking about, she's a chaplain, about some tough situations that she's been a part of in the past, past week, and I'm not going to share those, but about how that the people were alone. They were lonely. When we, get a, when we get to the place where we're not doing well and we're alone, it's really hard to find the right way out. 
Why do, we, why do we need each other? We need each other because we can be that shoulder to lean on. We can be that one that holds up the hand to stand beside. To be that hand to hold them and guide them to a place of peace, right? And I want to look in 1 Samuel and it's a story about David and Jonathan and, you know, it's just, when we read about David, like all the things that happened in his life, there was amazing things, God used him, did great mighty things, he also messed up, but God spoke to him and anointed him as king when he was young, when he was little, ruddy little kid, right? He was just like this little guy. But God anointed him to be king, and then God used him to defeat Goliath. Like, think about this young kid, and then he's defeating this big old giant, you know, nine and a half feet tall or something like that. Spears big as a telephone pole, and this little dude with a slingshot. He defeats Goliath. He Got all these great things going for him, but then the problem is, is that when he starts to get a little older and he's supposed to become king, then Saul is not really having it. The Saul that's the king, he's struggling with this thing and, and, and doesn't like David, and he's trying to kill him. So God has given him this, this anointing, this place of leadership that God says, this is who you're going to be. You're going to be the king. I've given you this dream, this vision. Here's what's going to happen in your life. And God even moves in his life in situations, you know, and, and, and defeats Goliath and, and God's there. But then he comes to this moment where Saul is after him, like chasing after him. And he goes in hiding. In the first Samuel 23, verse 15, it says, So David saw that Saul had, Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. But then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So what do we get out of this scripture? And I just want to take a few moments just to look at this and, and see how, look, we read all these stories about David and all the things that happened, all the ways that God was with him, and, and there's so many great things, but he had a moment where he wasn't doing so well. And there was another moment where he messed up later on. But anyway, we're not talking about that part. But he had this moment. And can you imagine this moment where God has spoken to him and given him this direction for his life? And it's that way, but he's had to run this way to get away from the hand of Saul. And he's out there hiding in this place, this desert, this 
place where he's alone. And can you imagine what is going on through his mind? But Jonathan comes. We need Jonathans. We need people around us that will come and encourage us and exhort us and lift us up. See, David was strong. He was strong. He did great things with God. But he still needed a Jonathan. In Romans 1.12 in the Passion Translation, and that they're not going to have this on the screen, but it says, Now this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. I love that. Dawn shared that this morning when we were talking to our leaders. When we come together side by side, we can expect to be encouraged, co-encouraged, both of us. The, when we come together, it's not just about one person or the other. It's about both people being lifted up and strengthened. See, I think too many times people think like, hey, I've been here. I've been with you. I've done this. I've done that. And the problem is there was some ulterior motive the whole time. And whenever I'm speaking these things, I want to really get this understanding that it is about God and not about us. It's about what he wants for us. It's about he wants for those that we're doing life with. It's not about us. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a great warrior. He was a great leader. But he still had this issue where he was alone and he was afraid. He still needed somebody. We can't ever think. You know, <laughs> I've seen so many times, and I've even started to see it in my life a little bit, but the best story is when my dad, I was young, and we were at a store, and my dad, it was like a Saturday, and he had on a t-shirt and some shorts, and we were just chilling, relaxing, right? We were probably at Walmart or something like that. Somebody comes up and is like, Pastor Rick! It's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, I didn't know you wore shorts! It's like he just always wore suits and ties and stuff at church, you know? And it's like, you know, when he tells the story, he's like, wow, I don't know if they thought I just like got out of a box. Like I, they picked me up out of a, you know, a, you know, one of those trunks and just put me up on the stage or something that this is just how I look all the time. No, he's a real person, right? And I've even seen that in my life too. It's like, do, <laughs> we tend to, think that somebody else doesn't go through the same things that we go through. You know, that, oh, wow, he's a pastor, or, oh, wow, he's got a successful business, or, you know, they're doing this, or they're doing that. They're probably not going through the same things that I'm going through, but I'm going to tell you, 
that every single one of us goes through exactly the same things and deals with the same things. The problem is that when we get alone and think we're the only one that has to deal with the things that we're dealing with. But here in verse 16, Jonathan, it says, went and strengthened his hand in God. See, David was stronger, more of a leader, probably, I mean, God had already done so many things in his life. You know, you could think that Jonathan could be like, hey, man, this is David. You know, they're buddies. They know each other. They're friends. They, they've made covenants together. Like, it, it, they know each other. And Jonathan understood that he needed something, that he needed that encouragement. How did he know? How did he know to run over there? He knew because he had been with them before, and he had been with them the weeks and the months and the years before. So he knew when David needed that encouragement. You say, like, oh, how come nobody's called me? I don't know. Where you been? Have you been a part of anything? Have, have you been a part of a small group? Are you actually getting to know people? And I'm not saying that like being mean. I'm just saying like there's some weight that needs to be put on us too. Like what are we doing to be a part of what God wants to do in the church, in other people's lives? But no one's ever too big, too strong, too great to need help. There's a little story of Charles, Charles Spurgeon in an autobiography, and he was going through this bout of depression and anxiety and things going on in his life. And you think, man, I think many of you probably know who Charles Spurgeon is, a great man of God, so many great things I get out of his life. But he was going through this, this thing. And he was preaching. He was helping people. And in this short little excerpt, it says, under this pressure, I preach from the, uh, a sermon from the words, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I was as much qualified to preach from that text as ever I expected to be. Indeed, I hope that a few of my brethren could have entered so deeply into those heartbreaking words. You have this man here, it's Charles Spurgeon. It's like books upon books of his sermons and all these different things. And you have this moment in, the, in, his, in an autobiography where he's telling about this moment where he's going through something, where he was alone, where he was going through a mess and he was preaching and he needed somebody. He says this, these words, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He took those words, he's like, if ever I could have preached this, I'm going to preach it now because this is exactly the way that I feel. And I say that to say, listen, we all go through these moments. 
Each and every one of us. We all, need, we all go through hard times and struggles and different things that are going to happen in our life. But the great thing is, is that God has given us a family, a community of believers to be around us, to encourage us, to lift us up. Are we being that to the people around us? In verse 16 it says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David. It was a conscious effort of going. He got up and went. He got up. He sought out David. Are we consciously, are, are we purposefully being a part of a group of, of people that, that can gather around us, that we can encourage, that they can encourage us? Are we making that conscious effort? Because this is amazing that we can gather together and, and have these wonderful times with all of us together in service but when we go throughout the rest of the week, you know, and it's one of those things I think like, man, I want everybody to live this excitement for who God is that we have whenever we come on Sunday morning and we're all excited, we're all worshiping, we're like, woo, yeah, you know, and there's people screaming and yelling, worship and just getting all excited. And then we go out. And on Monday, it's not the best day. You know, and, and things are tough. On Tuesday, Wednesday, we need each other more than just gathering together on Sunday. We need to be together more than just gathering together in these celebration services, really what they should be called. This is the, this is the time to get together and celebrate, the time that we really get to know each other is in smaller groups, is in that community that we build with each other throughout the week. And Jonathan was purposeful about being in David's life. He didn't just say happy birthday on Facebook. He was in his life. And we need to strengthen each other It says that when he went, he was purposeful to get up and go to David to be there with him. And what did he do? He strengthened his hand in God. He strengthened his hand. You know, there's so many different stories in the Bible where I see this, where there was a need for a brother or a sister to come and, and to be a part of somebody's life in a moment. Are we going to be about it, about the family? Are we going to be about the community of God that we've been placed in? Are we going to be about growing together and strengthening each other and encouraging each other like we're talking about today? 
In verse 17, it says, Fear not, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel. Look, he strengthened his hand. He encouraged him. He says, listen, my father won't find you. I'm here. We're together. And you're going to be okay. And he says, all the things that God, listen, when we're together, are we, are we telling each other the amazing things that God has spoken over them? Like, I, I want to get together and say, listen, what, what has God spoken over you? And I want to know that. I want to know what God's spoken over you because then the next week or the next month, whenever it's feeling a little down or a little like uh, a little struggle, I want to be able to tell you, no, no, you remember what God has spoken to you? Do you remember what God has called you to? Do you remember who God says you are? No. No, you're not going to die by the hand of Saul. As Jonathan's saying, he's like, you're going to be king. God has spoken this to you, and I'm going to remind you of what God has spoken to you. He says, I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. He says, I'm going to be next to you the whole way. So I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to be by your side. See, so many times, We say we're going to do something, and I will be the first one to raise my hand to say that, like, I will try, you know, maybe commit to something. And it gets busy, right? I mean, it's, it, it gets, like, lots of going on. I got four kids. They're all going 14 different directions. I don't know how four kids can go 14 different directions, but they can. But are we staying with each other? Are we committed to be together, to do life together, to stay there hand in hand so that we can be there when our brother or sister needs to be lifted up, when they need to be encouraged, when they need to be prayed for? Are we there to be by their side? Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.